0: Hi, I'm Dave Tarnowski, creator of the
1: Instagram accounts Nick Cave and the Bad Memes and Sad Peaks, and I'm the host of The Sad Bastard, a podcast that delves into relationships, heartbreak, mental health issues, mental health issues that stem from relationships and heartbreak, and pretty much everything else that makes up a sad bastard. Join me every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts live.
0: Welcome to Never Meet
2: Your Idols, a podcast where your idols get real, whether you, whether you like, it like it or real. not.
0: This is episode three of season two. We're your hosts. I'm Carey. And I'm Laura. And um, we are one minute away. We're running very late because... You don't have time cha- You don't have daylight change? I mean,
2: we do. I just didn't know about it. I, th- <laughs> I mean, it was definitely different yesterday.
0: So you thought we had another hour before starting this episode? Yeah. And I left my computer with all my notes at the studio yesterday. So we're a mess. Yeah, I was
2: literally in the zone recording my vocals, and then we text, and I was like, oh my god, and I just quickly ran into my car. Yeah, when
0: you were like, oh, well, maybe we should get on like 40 minutes before he gets on, and I was like, that's right now. I know. It's St. Patrick's (laughs)
2: Day, though, so happy St. Patrick's Day.
0: I didn't know that. Well, you're the only Irish one here, so happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Well,
2: maybe Patrick is Irish.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure he is with a name like that. But um, let's find out. He's here. Here's your idol,
1: Patrick Connie. How's it going?
0: Hi. Hi. Welcome to Never Me Your Idols. Thanks for being I'm Kare. And I'm Laura. And you're walking around a bunch. It's kind of making me Yeah, nicer. I want to sit
1: down. I'm just trying to figure out. Sit down. <laughs> sit down here by my drum set, I guess.
0: Wow, it looks really cool. It looks like a way more legit studio than
1: I'm going to Um, Yeah, I turned my garage into a studio.
0: Oh, wow,
2: that's the dream.
1: As much as I love Dave Grohl, when he talks about how they made like a humble record in their garage and you look and they have like a $70,000 console.
0: He's like, in my garage, my six car garage.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what this garage is, I guess. Do you know
0: Dave Grohl?
1: I've met him a few times, yeah, he's very nice.
0: Oh my God, I am so sick of hearing about how nice Dave Grohl is. It is true, isn't it?
2: Yeah, everyone says he's so nice. It's true. It's true. We'll find someone at some
0: point who has a story that'll throw him under the bus. Or we'll just have him on the podcast and be like, just admit it, oh, you're I'll, an I'll, asshole. I'll
1: throw anybody on <laughs> the bus that's been an asshole to me.
0: Well, that brings us to our first question, I guess. Um, have you ever met your idol or an idol? And if so, what's the scoop?
1: I don't know if I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever really idolized. You know anybody but people musicians and comedians that I really looked up to I've met a lot of them um so like I'm from Akron Ohio and the mo- the most famous band from Akron is Devo so as a teenager um you know I really looked up to those guys cuz it was like kind of proof that you could make music from a town like that's my baby monitor right there <laughs> it was proof that you uh, you know, make music in a town like Akron and, and people around the world could hear it. And on top of that, you know, they're such a cool band. And I've got to meet those guys and they were, you know, just as weird and awkward as you'd expect. But um, but the one idol I met that was kind of just bummed me out a little bit was um uh I I I'm a huge pavement fan. And i I met Steve Malcolmist. He came to a Black Keys show because we had the same booking agent at the time. And I think he was just being, he was just being funny, but he, he came backstage it was at the Bowery ballroom. He came backstage after the show. And he said to Dan, like, Oh man, you, you were fucking great. And he's like, looked at me he's like good drumming or whatever. And walked out. of the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind getting, I just wanted to talk to him, but I wasn't cool enough.
0: Nobody's cool enough for him.
1: <laughs> I mean, um, you know, a lot of musicians are are very weird, and uh, you know, I mean, there's this whole thing uh, where there's like some beef between Jack White and the Black Keys. But the the truth of the matter was like we never even met each other. And then the one time I did meet him, like he got real testy with me, and I, it was just like because it was like he thought I had said something or misconstrued something. But the point is, we end up having like a two hour phone call. Where we both just realized that we both just misunderstood something and that it was completely stupid and <laughs> um I've hung out with him a few times since, and he's you know super nice, super cool yeah. um I always got get the most kind of excited for some reason when I meet comedians like uh danny mcbride uh I'm a huge fan of his we've kind of become buddies um. Where well, there was this moment about Bonnaroo in 2006, maybe. And uh, there's a comedy tent there. And so like after we played, I ran over to like the backstage of the comedy tent and I wanted to just like, you know, geek out, um, try to hang out with some of these guys like David Cross. And so I got back there, you know, all these comedians were hanging out. And, you know, I started hanging out with them and uh, I forget who it was. Maybe it was David, but someone was like, hey, man, like, just be prepared. some some, some of these guys are really dark, <laughs> like. Then I walk into the circle of people talking and the comedian, uh, I think his name's Dave Attell. He had a show on Comic Central called like Up All Night or something. But anyway, he, I mean, it was just like you could feel the depression or something. It was so it was completely dark, but he wasn't a dick. It was just I, I understood what he was talking about. But.
0: I feel like comedians are oftentimes like even more dep- like the most depressed of the performing artists, like they're they're so funny but de- self deprecating, like you know, so it gets dark real fast. I mean, but Danny McBride's Eastbound and Down, right? Yeah,
1: I've got my my um, baby monitor on, so it's going to be binging the whole time too. So,
0: so b- tell us about having a baby. Yeah, neither one of us have babies. <laughs> tell <Yep>. us, <laughs> tell us what it's like to have a baby.
1: My well, he's he's a toddler, really. So um it's as as a as a music as a musician you know it's like i've i kind of delayed it as long as i could because i knew fundamentally i completely have to alter my existence to accommodate my kid you know i didn't want to be on the road yeah you know nine months a year and have a kid so i waited as long as i could but i wish i hadn't waited as long you know because it is very rewarding but it's fun you know my kid's fun he's funny He's cute as hell. He learned to say rutabaga because uh, he has this book. It's like the alphabet of vegetables or something. And wow, I, I was making fun of him. I was like, he's already a hipster. He's got. He's like clinging to the rutabaga over a carrot, the most obscure vegetable. I've never even seen a rutabaga. Have you?
2: I I don't even know. I've never heard of it. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think, like, what is it? Should I Google image rutabaga right now? It's a fun word. Please. And to be honest with you, I don't know how to even spell it. It's a root vegetable, R-U-T-A-B-A-G-A. Other names include Swedish turnip, neep, neep, and white turnip.
1: I was familiar that it was a Swedish thing, yeah.
0: It looks kind of like a white beet.
1: It's like a pet it like i wonder if it's like peppery like a turnip or no parsnips or i don't even know i don't know there's a lot of under underappreciated vegetables out there
0: i love carrots my my go-to vegetables
2: are carrots yeah i remember you making carrots all the time that's like your speciality
0: i'm really into well yeah i mean that also says a lot about my limited cooking abilities making like glazed <laughs> carrots yeah yeah basically carrots are my my thing
1: And they do. There's a lot of carrot salads going around. Mm. It's just shaved. It's like someone just peeled a carrot into a jar and put vinegar on it. It's pretty good, actually.
0: I like pickled carrots too.
1: I like pickled anything.
0: Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I'm into pickled anything. Um, spicy pickles too. During quarantine, I was making my own pickles. I don't know how we got onto this tangent. It's probably not the most entertaining.
1: You know, like (laughs) I read this book. It was called Salt, and just like the history of salt, and uh, you know. how how without it, you know, you know, we wouldn't exist. You know, you need it to live. But also if it weren't for pickling, you know, the world would be a much different place because for instance, like the way that scurvy was first kind of cured was accidentally uh, by sailors taking sauerkraut pickled cabbage on the boat because it would last a long time, but also it had vitamin C. So that's but also, you wouldn't be able to travel long distances without curing fish, and yeah, salt's so important. It's more important than music, you know. I mean, pickles changed the world, and I don't know if rock music necessarily. I mean, it, it did, but not like. I mean, pickles changed the world.
0: Yeah, pickles over rock music any day.
1: I saw that Julian Casablancas got quoted saying that he wished that blues rock would go away, and then I got I instantly got PTSD for him because I feel like. It's one of those things that just came out of his mouth.
2: Yeah, he'll be regretting There's
1: that one. Reaction, and now it's like NMEs writing articles about it and stuff because really like all, all rock and roll music is blues derivative. True, but
0: I mean, I talk shit on rock music all the time. Yes. But I I feel like, I know our the, the Strokes just won a Grammy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about Grammy. Have you won Grammys?
1: I've won five of them.
0: Oh, no big deal. Do- uh, okay. Whoops.
2: Yeah, I was like...
1: Correct. I should talk to Grammys all the time because it, it is a popularity contest. Um, my Grammy story, really, to sum up my feelings of the Grammys, is like when we when we got nominated for the first time, we got all dolled up and went to Los Angeles, and um, we won. And we're sitting back, like right on. We, this is pre telecast. They give away like most the awards, you know, like you know, Holiday Inn lobby essentially. So we're standing next to the stage because we're up for the next award, which was Best Rock Song. And Neil, Neil Young wins it. And they say, this is Neil Young's first Grammy. It's
0: like Neil Young's first Grammy and Maroon 5's 10th. It's like, oh
1: my God, fuck the Grammys.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, all the alternative records that were nominated, I like them. I think they all deserve to be recognized. And There's only one little category for, you know, rock and roll or alternative. and
0: It's weird because when I was looking it up, the nominee is just like, I don't know what, we've talked about this a lot, like what has rock become? It was like this weird, you almost think it's going to be one of those categories that when the Grammys start being live televised again um, next year or whatever, that like it's going to be one of the rock categories are going to be one of those categories that's not televised. It's like read and announce the winner it's, like yeah. before.
1: It's like never televised, yeah. I mean, we 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 won one, tele, we won best rock album once and that was tele- that's, that was,
0: that's
1: televised right that, that one that year sometimes they don't it's just random and my wife uh was nominated for best rock best female rock performer or something they don't even give the category out anymore but she lost it to pink <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> What? <laughs> it is really weird i'm just like yeah. is this what rock is?
1: Now? yeah exactly hmm. well it's stupid well it's like this i was i was actually watched the grammys um with my wife and our uh her sister is living with us and then they had a friend over uh and the friend was just like loved everything that all the performances all the you know it's like oh i love this i love this i love this i was like i was like i you know what this this is the thing about me is like i love rock and roll and i hate 99 percent of it
0: oh god you sound just like 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 if you're an
1: artist you just like love all art like what are you you? you're boring (laughs) As like I was like you know I like I love rock and roll, um, but I'd rather listen to nothing than like Aria Speedwagon or you know or whatever. Yeah. And like even when it comes to alternative rock, like I'm just such a bitch about it. Like,
0: <laughs> poor Laura stuck <laughs> with two of us now. And like
1: I get what like Julian was saying about blues rock because it's like yeah like I I really don't would I, I would never put on like Greta Van Fleet. You know what I mean, but I would put on Black Sabbath all day long, and they're both like you know blues. Based rock, so it's yeah it's it's a weird thing that's the thing about music is it that that's the coolest thing about music that it is so personal yeah. and that uh, you can have a friend you have you share everything in common with and you can like hate each other's music taste. <laughs> My best friend and I literally like you know he was he won't shut up about Bon Ivor like it's just like it's uh, oh, and I'm like you know, like I, and I'm like i don't <laughs> I don't dislike it, but like I mean. The way he feels about it versus, like, I feel the way he feels about Bon Iver, I guess, about, like, a band like television. And he hears television. He's like, "What is so boring. <laughs> like, it's so made." Yeah,
0: he's like, how come this song has to be nine minutes?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, I remember when I first heard, like, Marky e. Moon and, like, having a very visceral response. Me too. And Me. I, I feel like I don't get that from a lot of new music. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just old. Is this like an old person thing? Like, oh, back back when I was a kid, you know?
1: I think, I know what you're saying. and I, I think uh you know, the thing about rock music is that if I really walk it back to like when I was 13, 14, 15, you know, I'm like, I'm into Led Zeppelin, I'm into Jimi Hendrix, Nirvana, Nevermind comes out and then I'm like into Nirvana, I'm listening to, stuff that's a little more out there for a teenager like at the time um and i get into like sonic youth and then i get into captain Far. i get into all this sh- right and i start a band and i start a band and then guess what you're like 18 19 and you want to go play a show but you know you're, you're not going to want to play like the lame like blues club like you're not going to want to play you're not big enough to play at, like the big place so you have to go to like the cool small place and then it just becomes like uh the gatekeepers there have to like you know let you in and it becomes this whole thing that unless you're up for like being challenged <laughs> of whether you're cool or not all day long for like fucking all of your early 20s who's going to want to do that so like most people don't they just go and sit in front of their computer you can just make something and then you can just put it on Bandcamp, and you don't people either like it or don't and then you end up with shit like close malone <laughs> um and you don't end up with shit like television so i think that that's part of the deal is that like it, the early 2000s, late 90s, like the too cool for school shit, like rock and roll was hardly appreciated. But like indie rock, Mod, bands like Modest Mouse, you know, you'd see them and there'd be like 100, 200 people there. Uh, I I remember seeing Dinosaur Jr. at the, their peak in Cleveland and there were maybe 800 people there. But not, but now I mean, there's I think people live music is more of a thing. Like people go to a lot of shows, but yeah, as far as the actual type of music being made, I I don't know, man. I just uh, my main my main thing right now is like anything that's like intentionally not just appreciative of the past, but like that this is trying to come off as being like it's like the equivalent of like '70s rock and roll reenactment. I fucking hate it so much.
2: What are you listening to at the moment?
1: Um,
0: <sighs> <laughs> no,
1: I honestly, I. <laughs> i've actually well there's been very few releases that I, you know because like there's no there's no touring i just i've been reassessing like deep catalog of shit that I of bands that i like that i just was like had skipped over records that's kind of what i've been doing the l- last couple months um i was huge into sonic youth and then my taste kind of changed around 1995 uh to a little bit more poppy or something or you know melodic and i got into like galaxy 500 and luna and i and Gilatango, tango that kind of stuff so i i never listened to uh the record washing machine by sonic youth so listen, like i know it's weird like how did i never listen to this record all my friends had this shirt
2: oh yeah that's such a great record i haven't listened to that for ages but yeah i remember it being so good
0: oh yeah i haven't listened to that in a while um i did when i was googling you researching you um i saw i like came across you had a thing on vice high standards uh, corner years ago
1: i got asked to be like the when vice news first came out they asked me to like be quote unquote the music uh reviewer Reviewer? we weren't (laughs) sure what it was going to be but i just you know (laughs) i'm just like a diabolical creator i guess
0: no, I was gonna say it's impressive because you like almost talk as much shit as I do <laughs> bands. And I was like, wow, I'm I'm sure also putting yourself out there like that and dishing it, you were getting it back a lot, right?
1: Oh, I mean, look, I just dish it because I was just being funny, but also I kinda of meant it. But you know, my band's been torn apart by like, you know, different people at the New York Times or Pitchfork or whatever it is. And I just I grew up like in a in a public school where people just really it it, it it the best way to kind of get out of a fight is was actually making fun of someone so much that like everyone started laughing at them <laughs> and then before you know it you end up being friends with them but uh i got i actually the first one i did i think i said it was like a song that kevin parker and mark ronson had produced with lady gaga oh yeah and i i'm friends with mark but i and i said that the guitar part sounded like hulk hogan was playing it or something and (laughs) and then he tweeted like tweeted like um you know well patrick also said that uh um man what's that fucking bruno mars song that was a huge hit uh
2: is it called lucky oh no no. i think i'm getting it wrong is that the
0: one that sounded like the police (laughs) that I don't know.
1: Well, either way, it was a Bruno Mars song. He's like, well, Patrick also said this Bruno Mars song wouldn't work. And I said, that's not what I said. And I didn't respond. But what I said to Mark was when he played me that song, I said, it sounded like the theme from Ghostbusters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't actually get like butthurt about it.
1: No, I mean, I don't think so.
0: Um, I mean, full disclosure, I think we've talked some shit about you on the show before on previous episodes.
1: I'm sure. That's what it's all what it's for.
0: <laughs> but I think, like, after being in in this business for so long, you kind of have to have a sense of humor about it, and kind of like rib your friends and and kind of just be a little, I don't know, self aware and self deprecating, and not not get so
1: easily well, offended. It's there's there's different levels. There's like, oh, this guy's a dick. Okay, then there's like, oh, this record sucks, dicks, and that is a different thing. <laughs> like, part of the the need to shit talk things that are successful or whatever it is. I swear to God, part of it for me comes from, it comes from being in Akron, like living there for 30 years. And uh, it's just, you feel like such an underdog that like, if so, you feel like, you know, like I had this thing that when we became successful, it was like, it's a known thing called imposter syndrome. I just was like, Your friends just make you know in Akron just kind of like never take you seriously. You know it's like the opposite in L.A. where someone's like, "Oh my God, you're so you're so talented." (laughs) Blah blah. blah. In Akron, it's like, who fucking cares? Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Yeah. And that's so that's just the way I am. You know what I mean? So it's like you get
0: shit like when you became. I mean, I just know because I lived in Detroit for a few years a couple years ago, and everyone hated. Jack White. Really? And I couldn't tell if there was like a good reason for it or if people just like were really bitter.
1: It, it, it's the same, sh- same shit.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Detroit, is even, Detroit is even worse there.
0: Yeah, it was um, pretty extreme. Um, and I just thought like, instead of it being like their local hero, like, oh, someone, like one of our people made it, it was like, fuck him. You know, I remember yeah. when they opened for my band,
1: I, I didn't get anything like that. My little, I just got my friends teasing me at the bar. But like what Jack got and what people get in places like Detroit is is brutal, man. And you know, I mean, who knows what happened there? But I I remember hearing lots of shit talking on him. And
0: I mean, it's extreme. It was like pretty. I've never encountered anything like that, honestly, because like I shit talk all the time, and people shit talk about me all the time. And I think for me, it's just because I'm like it's more of a funny thing. But I kind of grew up in that same way where I, I don't know. I just like ever, all my friends gave each other a hard time and it was just like funny. And I, and yeah. I think people are so easily offended now. And that's like, kind of makes it even funnier, <laughs> which is like, I, I'm about to like get canceled, <laughs> I'm sure. But like the, in Detroit, it was just, everyone was so seriously upset, like angry, enraged. Like, um, yeah. It was so intense and so i was just wondering like when you guys blew up you still stayed in akron like it's not like you were there for a long time right
1: yeah i mean, the the the, the, the other than the fact that detroit and akron are in the midwest the scenes themselves are vast are completely different um yeah there's a competitiveness in detroit that's like not you don't find in akron um but the, what i was talking about was more people just keeping each other's egos in check yeah you know where actually in detroit you know you find that like people flaunted their ego around mm. um you know like people would walk, carry themselves like rock stars there Yeah, really? that's uh, true. my first time really second time in detroit was opening for this <laughs> band the dotson's at the magic yeah. stick the fall fall of 2002 and you know here we are in a minivan like following this bus on tour and these guys the dotson's like you know i think they thought they were going to be this massive band it never worked out right but unfortunately for them one show we played with them we did four shows we got asked to like headline the show or headline whatever it's 100 seat club we, we got asked to play last to keep people that are drinking beer because more people mm-hmm. but the, the tour manager walked in and he's like this big bus pulls up, and like they can't even sell fifty tickets, and they're on a bus because they're taking all this tour. Th- and um, the ma- the tour manager walks in, and is like, "Get the Dotsons a cab, pronto!" <laughs> 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 and like, and, like tap, and the bartender like literally picks up the fucking phone book and like throws it at the fucking dude. But um, my, my story in Detroit is that I'm we're there we're in the Magic at Magic Stick. The Dotsons have been saying for like the previous three days. Like when we get to Detroit, all mates. The white stripes will be there and every, the show will be sold out it was like they're from new zealand I, I can't do the accent but whatever uh who knows but you know it's like and if, you know jack never showed up yeah of course Meg never showed up as expected because these guys just but whatever the, the story is this is that i walk backstage right when we get there and the backstage door is like literally like you walk across the stage to the back the wall and then there's a table and there's like some yeah some there's some beer and wine and stuff and uh there there was a couch that i didn't see so i walk in i walk past this couch i didn't see but had people sitting on it and i walk up one rider was like the dodson's one rider was ours and it was the first time we were ever given like a bottle of wine and this is like i was living in a um house with some dudes and my rent was like 145 bucks so there wasn't much wine being consumed in my life so i saw it i was like i'm gonna have a sip of the i'm gonna open this bottle just out of the novelty of it so i start opening the bottle and this dude says i hear his voice behind me he's like dude what are you doing bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm like i'm like i always got like my butthole got all tight I was like, i'm just opening this wine like what the? this is and he's he's like that's not yours it's the dodson's and i was like that like, by the way who who are you dude he's like Jason, Jason Von Bondi, and I was like, oh, of
0: course.
1: And then guess what? It was like a month later that that dude got knocked the fuck out. I was like, no fucking wonder.
0: Yeah, fucking (laughs)
1: wonder I got fucking knocked out. Yeah, and that that whole thing, that whole like, dude, what are you doing? Like, fuck, I, I like a fucking. That's where I get like a big chip on my shoulder about that kind of shit, and like kind of describes certain elements of that Detroit scene, just as like sassy bitch type thing
0: yeah it really <laughs> is it's real bad it's real bad
1: if someone pulled shit like if someone that carried themselves like that in cleveland or akron they just wouldn't ever get a show
0: yeah exactly detroit is a special place i know this was a long time ago that music corner thing but i watched a thing that you your your review of a corn song and um i love watching old corn videos Like live ones, (laughs) and there's a there's an Instagram account called Catatonic Youth. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh my God! There's there's this one. Everyone needs to look it up. There's this actually all posted in our stories, (laughs) just so everyone can see this like unplugged version of that twist or something. I don't know what the official title is, but um, it reminded me of how much I enjoy that, and so I will share that with you guys later.
2: oh yeah we did this festival with the corn once and um we thought it was really funny i mean we must have been very drunk but um we made this banner spelt q u o r n which is i don't know if you have it in the states but this is like fake meat yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: and we just thought that we'd be really funny by like putting it right at the front <laughs> and all the it was in Ger- it was in germany and all these people were like you
0: spell it wrong of course it's in germany
1: yeah i was gonna say this, this- that lineup is a straight Dresden.
2: <laughs> totally.
1: Dresden style. Um, well, my favorite my favorite thing about Korn is uh, the band Fieldy's Dreams. Fieldy's rap side project, which is just...
0: I had no idea this existed.
1: I mean, it's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> um,
0: How have I not heard about this?
1: I... I haven't really seen much mention of it, but yeah also i I own a copy of Philly's autobiography, which is just fucking insane by the way it's so poorly it's so poorly written and it's just basically like him not realizing that he's just confessing to like sexual assault every other chapter so Jesus so fucked up,
0: yeah, maybe that's part of his repentance or whatever i mean my oh man, I wonder if I still have this screenshot, but I have a I had a screenshot of um, a conversation between Jonathan Davis and my ex-husband where, like, they were talking shit about me, and he was just, like, the, the amount of times they were used the word brother. And this was, like, right before my divorce where, like, I was still, like, emotional. And I found find this, like, conversation, and Jonathan's, like, be strong, brother. Don't give in to her, brother. You can do this, brother. Love you, brother. And, like, my ex being, like, Love you too, brother. You're in my heart, brother. Oh my and like God. the back and forth. And I remember just being self-aware enough to know like, oh my gosh, I have to take a picture of this because someday I'm going to think it's really fucking funny. And it is. So. That,
1: gives me, that's like, I, that gives me an idea for a show. It's, or it's like Dr. Phil, but it's marriage counseling by Macho Man Randy Savage. It's Macho Man Randy Savage says brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. But it'll be like us in his earpiece telling him what to say, but h- using his voice and putting brother at the end of everything.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, good. All, I'm sure we have some great relationship advice. Yeah, definitely. By the way, we have to acknowledge that your wife is awesome. We're, you know, we're just using you to get to Michelle, actually.
2: <laughs> um, I wanted to say happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, and I wondered if you had any Irish in your background at all.
1: I... Uh... Yeah, my my dad, my dad's father's grandfather's from Bali Mahan uh, in County Longford. Oh, really? I did the 23andMe. I'm like, my name's very Irish, Patrick James Carney, but yeah. I'm, I'm only like, I'm like, I'm like 14% Irish or something. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm 100% uh, Ohioan, that's what
2: I am. My brother-in-law actually is from um, County Longford. Oh, really? Yeah, my whole family are Irish, and um, obviously St. Patrick's Day is a huge day, and I just thought that maybe you were Irish too, because I read that somewhere that you had some um, Irish wolfhound. Irish wolfhound,
1: yeah. Michelle's actually, like, she's more Irish than I am. She's, like, 25%, and she, her family's from, ah, I forget the name of it, but it's the county, like, next door. I was, like, the next door to Longford and starts the sea. I was, like, oh, we probably probably related. <laughs> I have a funny story. The first time I went to Dublin, this guy comes up to me. He's like, I'm so excited for the show. I was like, oh, man, he's like, also, uh, my name's Patrick Carney too. I was like, fuck, I have like, maybe my name in Ireland is like the equivalent of Bill Smith in America.
2: (laughs) Um, There's a question from a woman called Nina, whose dad is from your hometown of Akron and they want to know what is your go-to order at Swenson's?:
1: There's this place called Swenson's. that has a rival place called Skyway, and they literally have the exact same menu. They're both like places where you drive your car up and someone runs to the car, like <laughs> takes your order. Um, but Swenson's it's just, so it's like a, it's a burger place, but they have a very unique burger.: What do you get?: I, I just get the uh, I get the cheeseburger with everything. that's what I get. And, and if you get if you get a cheeseburger with everything, it's just pickles, onion, and mustard. Yeah, that's it.
0: All comes down to the pickles.
1: See back to the pickles. I guess there's been no there's been no cases of scurvy from anybody that's eaten this <laughs> one since. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone.
2: Hey, Pad, is there a foreign artist you've been an absolute fan of lately? If so, could you recommend one of their songs?
0: That was a voice memo from Megan via Instagram. Um, she said she's not a native English speaker. So if we didn't understand her question, she was saying, if there's a foreign artist you've been a fan of lately, could you recommend one of their songs? Where is she from? It doesn't say where she's from, but I love her accent. It's rad. Yeah, me too.
1: Most of my favorite musicians are not from the United States, you know. Um, but I mean, as an American, I, I guess I could recommend the Beatles. <laughs> or for Liverpool, you know. I, I I love Gainsbourg. I love Serge Gainsbourg. I love Can. I love Craftwork. I mean, you know, the 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 typical things as far as new. There's a French radio station that I I tend to just go look at their playlist and I let them curate stuff for me, like for me to dive into. Cool. Radio Nova.
0: Radio Nova? Yeah. That's cool. Check that out for sure. Well, the last portion of the show is a rants and rave section, but um, I feel like we've spent a lot of time ranting anyway, but is there something that you really could rave about right now? Like a YouTube video, a recipe, it doesn't have to be music related, just something you're really into right now. Rants and Raves
1: okay um well i found myself speaking of youtube and recipes i found myself really deep into this uh youtube channel where this guy buys uh expired world war ii rations and eats eats the food that's <laughs> like 70 years old and it's oh my god so fucking <laughs> 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 and, uh, i Watching it around like early April, where it was like everyone was kind of like you know, they no not really knew if COVID was just going to like kill a third of the population or you know, it was kind of unclear what the fuck was happening. So people, you know, people were stocking up on shit, and I was like, I went to the extreme and watched what all this expired shit looks like. And this guy was he ate like a he ate like a some meat from World War <laughs> oh, One.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I need to see this. <laughs>
1: Uh also I'll email you a link. I'll email you a link. Also, the the guy's videos are tedious because they're like they're all like 45 minutes and he's waiting for him to get to like the main event. It's like a he knows exactly what he's doing because like he goes and he like eats he opens the salt to see if it's still, you know, I don't know, viable or something. He opens the cracker and he goes through the napkin and then finally to open up the fucking pork and beans, dude. Open it up. Take a bite. Take a bite. But where does he find this? On eBay, on eBay. But listen, it's smart because it's smart because he, 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 he makes a couple thousand dollars a video and he, so he'll be like, you know, on this one, I'm going to open up a $500 ration from Russia, from World War II. And so like, you know, people want to see it. I I had this idea. My friend was like trying to figure out how to like uh, finance a new record. And I was like, dude, like. Honestly, and somebody should hear this and do it because he didn't. I was like the I was like the best way to finance something is to create a video that would get a couple million views and you monetize it, you're gonna make like if you get four or five million views, you're gonna make, you know, thirty grand. And I was like, it all you have to do is put a bunch of this tannerite like explosive that you can buy it. Just put that in a, any car in a field and blow it up and people will watch it. <laughs> I mean he's like what are you talking about like that's why like anybody like have you watched the Steven Seagal movie they're unwatchable but somehow people watch it what are they watching they're watching this shit get blown up people want to see that shit
2: yeah me and Korea like hmm (laughs) I know I'm like what can we blow up
1: (laughs) you know it's fucking insane
0: well we will check it out do you know what the YouTube channel is
1: uh I'm gonna email it to you
0: Oh, thanks. I have to see this. The channel is called steve 1989 MRE Info. Very catchy name on YouTube. And we will also um, link the video Patrick sent to us in our episode description. Thanks so much for talking to us. This
2: yeah. is really yeah.
1: great. Well, hopefully we get to meet in person soon. Um, yeah. Good luck with the podcast.
2: Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Never Meet Your Idols. Join us next time
0: when we welcome Joe Cardamone of the Icarus Line. To submit questions for us or our guests, email us at nevermeetyouridols@gmail.com at gmail.com.
2: Or send us a message or voice memo on Instagram at nevermeetyouridolspodcast. Until next time, I'm Kare. And I'm Laura Mary. See you See next Tuesday. Tuesday.